0: welcome everyone to Debt talk live i'm your host viz i hope everyone's having a good evening i apologize for being a few minutes late today never fails whenever there's a software update it always happens right before you have to go live so my apologies for being a few minutes late today i'm glad to be with you all of you here tonight on this friday evening if we have people joining us for the first time and want more information about our show Please visit us on the web at DeadTalkLive.com. Also, please visit our YouTube channel, which is called Dead Talk Live. Please go ahead and subscribe. And if you're there right now, please hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast. So I hope everyone is doing well. Let me say hello to some of you. We have, of course, our regulars. Khaleesi is with us, as is moderating. Hello to Cece Wheezy, Singer Chick. Uh, Let's see, we have Justin with us, Summer is joining us on YouTube tonight, and uh, let's see, Lindsay Sparks is with us on Facebook. On the Instagram side, we have Victor is joining us, iHughes, Y1KN is also with us, Doris is joining us, Parham is also with us, as is Andrea. So, like I said, it's the start of the weekend, and I watched World Beyond today. I watched a new World Beyond that is going to air this coming Sunday. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I told you guys in these last couple of episodes, things are going to start to really ratchet up. Yeah, this episode is by far the best World Beyond episode we've had so far. It was, it was amazing. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything. We're going to talk about it next week. Uh, but yeah, you don't want to miss World uh, this week's episode of World Beyond. A lot of surprises, a lot of backstory, and all combined leads to an amazing episode. And a side note on World Beyond, after this week's episode, next week is going to be the two-hour finale. So they are combining episodes 9 and 10... Into a big two hour finale that is going to air a week from this Sunday. So just keep that in mind. There is no post credit scene after this episode. Something is telling me that after the two hour finale, we are going to get one last post credit scene. That's just a hunch. That's all it is right now. It's just a hunch. But, uh, Really looking forward to it, especially after the episode that I saw today, which is going to air live for everyone on this coming Sunday. So don't miss it. You really, really do not want to miss it. also saw uh, a movie last night after the show. Uh, a month ago, we had a special guest, Michael Michael Abbott Jr., who starred in the season premiere of Fear the Walking Dead for this current season, season six. Uh, He was a guest of ours about a month ago. And we talked about an upcoming movie of his, which is called uh, The Dark and the Wicked. Well, I finally got to see that movie yesterday. And let me tell you, amazing. A great, great movie. It, of course, features uh, Michael Abbott Jr., Along with uh, Marin Ireland co starring. They are the two main leads. And then, of course, Xander Berkeley is also in it. Xander Berkeley, we all know from The Walking Dead. He was Gregory, the leader of the Hilltop community, when we met it. Uh, so, great movie. If you're into paranormal horror movies, you gotta watch The Dark and the Wicked. Uh, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, it really is. It's a must-watch. In fact, I created a Instagram, Facebook story about it and also posted it on YouTube and Twitter, calling it, you know, Today's Dead Talk Live Must-Watch Movie. So it's not for free. Unfortunately, it's not for free. It's available on every streaming service, mm, the majority of the streaming services, minus Netflix. But it's not free it is so it was released november 6th simultaneously to limited theaters as well as video on demand so you can either rent it or buy it i bought it it was only 14 bucks and to rent it it's like what i think 5 or 6 bucks to rent it so i'm like i'm going to i'm going to buy this and it was money well spent very well spent. So, um, want to welcome Oswin with us. Uh, hello to Oswin. Justin has given us a lot of smiley faces on YouTube. Uh, Khaleesi also says it was a great movie. She has seen it as well. Uh, want to welcome Sunny Tex with us on Facebook. Welcome to Sunny Tex. Carlos has also joined us as has Mohammed. So, Uh, don't miss World Beyond, and if you get a chance, please watch The Dark and the Wicked. It was an amazing, amazing, amazing movie, and it doesn't take, it it takes a lot to scare me, and I had several, several jump scares in that movie, so you know it's good. Let's start off with some news today, okay? This is about the World Beyond Season 2 and everything you need to know. That's... How that's the title of the headline that's the headline anyway the walking dead world beyond is definitely coming back for a second season and we already know that because amc announced the new ages before the season one even aired it's a limited two season show which means next season season two is going to be its second and final season of the walking dead world beyond in an official statement released at the start of 2020 amc sarah barnett said the spinoff is not limiting the walking dead either in substance or from world beyond uh, is a two season closed ended series that will tell a very specific and distinct story rumors suggest that world beyond season 2 Will cross over more with The Walking Dead, and showrunner Matt Negrete exclusively confirmed to us that you will get answers as to potentially where Rick was taken, potentially setting up the spin-off Grimes movie franchise as well. And you know they're trying to play coy here, but I've said this from the beginning: Walking Dead World Beyond is was made, is being shown for one reason, and one reason alone. It is to primarily set up the Rick Grimes movies. That's its purpose. It's to set up the Rick Grimes movies. It's to give us information that cannot be worked into the storylines of The Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead. Therefore, we got the world, world beyond. It is, like I said, I mean, they're trying to play around saying that it could be potentially leading up to the movies no no that's that's them playing coy playing around and trying to be vague world beyond is made it was specifically that's why it's a limited two season show it is made specifically to give us the information that we need for when the time comes and we sit down to watch the Rick Grimes movies We will have all the information that we need to understand the movie plot. Uh, It goes on to say, but how will that happen exactly? And what does that mean for the Endlings? The Endlings are what uh, the teenagers on the show named themselves. And for those of you that don't know, World Beyond was originally going to be called the Endlings. It wasn't until the cast got together... And spoke to Production. uh, Them telling Production they really, really don't like that name. That the name was changed to World Beyond. So here's everything you need to know about the second season of World Beyond. The final episode of season one will air uh, in the UK at least on December 4th. For us, let's see, it's going to be on the 3rd. So, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's going to be a week from this Sunday. My apologies. They're they're showing here the, um, the date in the United Kingdom, followed by the U.S. two days later on December 6th. So the U.K. is getting the finale before the U.S., which is completely flipped around to what it is now. Now... We get the finale first in the United States on Sundays and the shows normally air in the United Kingdom the following Monday. So they're kind of flipping it around here for that. Production has already started on season two, but given how many delays the TV industry has been plagued by recently, don't expect World Beyond season two until late 2021 at the earliest. The Walking Dead franchise is notorious for surprising fans by killing off important characters. And that's even more true here, given that World Beyond already has an end in sight. Still, assuming these characters all survive season one, expect to see them return in the second and final season of World Beyond 2. I don't necessarily agree with that last statement. I am, I'm not, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. I don't think they are all going to make it to season two. I really don't. I think in that two-hour finale that we're going to get a week from now, I really still think that we're going to lose hope. Uh, I think it's going to happen because in order for Iris to, I don't know, open her eyes to what the world is really like outside of the community where she grew up in, in the Omaha colony, something very drastic needs to happen to her. And that is also evident in the episode that you guys are going to see on Sunday as well, which I saw today. So Whoever has AMC Plus could also watch it whenever they want before Sunday. But again, Iris is still refusing to believe that the world is bad refusing to believe that she can be fooled by someone she's very naive the character of Iris Bennett is very very naive that is the best word to describe Iris Bennett and hats off to Aliyah Royale who is playing Iris Bennett beautifully now expect to see uh expect to also see more of joe holt as leo bennett and natalie gold as lila belshaw two scientists with major links to the crm lila is the doctor that we have been seeing in the post credit scenes who has been conducting the experiments on the walkers right now it's tough to predict exactly what will happen in world beyond season two but we do know is that the more CRM secrets will be explained as the series unfolds. In fact, there's a big CRM secret explained in this upcoming episode. These could hint further at the zombie virus's origin and hopefully explain whatever became of Rick Grimes too. I really wish they would stop bringing up the origin. Does it really matter? It doesn't so I really wish these writers would stop bringing it up because at this point who cares speaking to Entertainment Weekly showrunner Matt Negrete talked about the genesis of World Beyond and revealed his hope to perhaps extend the show beyond season 2 this this thing about World Beyond it was always about how can we make this feel different How can we support expectations in a lot of ways? And one of those is not having it necessarily be open-ended. I'm kind of two minds about it because right now we're breaking episode 7 of season season 2 with the writers. And we've all fallen in love with these characters. So I think for all of us, we feel like we could write these characters forever and he's also the showrunner you know he his origins are back with the walking dead as a writer uh anyway but at the same time it's nice to be able to approach a series from the beginning to the end kind of knowing what our ending is going to be and working towards that ending it's not like oh well we'll see what happens in season six or whatever We're going to go two seasons. It's going to be 20 episodes total. It's challenging because there's a lot we need to fit in those 20 episodes. But at the same time, it's great to approach it knowing what you are working towards. And yeah, I mean, you would not expect the showrunner of World Beyond to say anything different. You really wouldn't. I mean, he's the showrunner. You know, and he knows it's a limited job that's going to end after two years. So it doesn't surprise me at all that Matt would say that. Of course, he would want the show to go on and on. But for a show that was specifically made to lead into the Rick Grimes movies, there really is no point for it to go beyond two seasons Uh, because that's 20 episodes is more than enough time to, fit in, to fill in all the little bits of information that we have already started getting in regards to the CRM. Rick is more than likely somewhere in New York State, or at least was in New York State at some point. So and as the episodes continue, we're going to keep getting more and more information. Uh, Philip writes that World Beyond is not all that great. Good. Uh, it's been slow. I'm not going to deny it. It's been slow. And like I've been telling you guys, stick with it because it's going to it's going to reach a climax here in the final few episodes. And like I said, starting with the one you're going to get this weekend, uh, that climax starts and we're going to see the peak in the finale a week from now, which is what I predicted. You know, uh, all this time we've been getting a lot of character building, a lot of character backstories. They've been really taking their time to introduce these characters to us more so than any of the other shows. Uh, World Beyond has really taken its time to really get a, to get to give us a chance to know and understand each and every one of these characters that we have. I uh, want to welcome AK47, who is waving at us. Uh, Choyster is also with us saying hello on Instagram. Anine is looking on Instagram as well. Ara is also with us on Instagram. Welcome to all you guys. Uh, Lindsay Sparks wants to know if this is a Judith t-shirt. It is. Judith Grimes t-shirt. It is. I love this t-shirt. All right, let's move on to the next thing. The Walking Dead to revisit the six-year time skip. And I mentioned this yesterday when we went over the plot of uh, each and every one of those six extra episodes that we're going to get starting February 28th, 2021. And they are going to fill in a lot of gaps as to what happened during those six years from the time that Rick disappeared to where it picked up again, where we get to meet Yumiko's group and we see a grown, uh, a much older Judith Grimes. I wanna say hello to Landa. Welcome back, Landa McCabe on Facebook. Thank you for joining us. So, anyway, The Walking Dead's extended 10th season will revisit the most skipped over six year period where Daryl retreated into the woods after the disappearance and presumed death of Rick Grimes, following Rick's abduction by the Civic Republic military, who secretly shuttled him away aboard a helicopter in the wake of a bridge explosion in Season 9, called the episode called What Comes After? Daryl continued to search for Rick's body, as The Walking Dead jumped six years into the future. Season 9 revisited this period in Scars, set some eight months after the bridge, where a flashback revealed Daryl and a pregnant Michonne attempting to retrieve a body. That's the whole Jocelyn incident, where Michonne visits, gets a visit from her pre-apocalypse friends that did not go very well. Uh, when Daryl and Carol embark on an adventure and Find Me, one of the new six episodes airing in early 2021, the sight of a cabin triggers memories about Daryl's six-year self-exile in the wake of Rick's disappearance. Daryl would later admit to Carol that it just got easier to stay out here when he kept turning up empty-handed during his hunt for Rick, actually to be more accurate, for Rick's body, because he thought he was dead. According to the synopsis for uh, the episode they're calling episode 18 of season 10, an adventure for Daryl and Carol turned sideways when they came across an old cabin. It takes Daryl back to the years when he left the group after Rick's disappearance as he relives a time that only the apocalypse could manifest. It was during the six years that Daryl took in his canine companion, a stray dog, which of course we all know is named Dog, and Michonne delivered Rick's son AJ. A flashback set during this period took place in the season 9 episode called Bounty, where Tara announced she was leaving alexandria following the ongoing feud between community leader michonne and the hilltop leader maggie i think he's been looking for this body rita says about daryl's search for rick uh during a 2019 episode of talking dead if he died where is his body and he's a master tracker He can get you from here to there, no problem. He's very intuitive, he's very observant, and he just can't find it. It makes absolutely no sense to him. Michonne's doing it a little bit, and she's kind of even says something to the effect of, we have to go forward. Redis added, I don't know, I think it's hard for him to swallow. I think he needs closure. There's a piece of this puzzle missing, and it's weird that Michonne would be the one to say, "All right, the body—we can't find it. All right, it could have been dragged to the river by the river, out to sea. It's gone. We need to move forward." Uh, it's kind of weird to have that come out from Michonne's mouth, and instead of Daryl trying to convince Michonne to stop to look, you know, to stop looking for Rick's body. But it's, it's Daryl, and it goes to show you the amount of love that Daryl had for Rick, and vice versa, that Rick had for Daryl. So, in Season 10, Michonne uncovered evidence Rick survived beyond the bridge when she found Rick's belongings inside a washed-up boat on Bloodsworth Island. The discovery spurred her to head north in search of Rick, a secret, She so far shared only with her daughter, Judith. Daryl only knows Michonne left to help people she met during her trip to the island, where Virgil claimed he had weapons capable of ending the Whisperer War. During virtual San Diego Comic-Con over the summer, Rita said Daryl wouldn't have left with Michonne until after finishing off Beta, and the whisperers who were silenced in a certain doom. So, there you have it. Uh, Let's see, Mahmoud has joined us, says, I really love your work. Thank you so much, Mahmoud. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Let's see, Philip on Facebook writes, That's all they can do is move forward. Maybe, forward, move, maybe moving forward, you'll be able to find the missing pieces of the puzzle. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Uh, Lindsay writes, I love the brotherhood between Daryl and Rick. How could you not? You know, I mean, it's been being built up, you know, for nine seasons before Rick left. And I mean, Rick and Daryl were more brothers than Daryl's actual brother, Merle. Anyway, here's some interesting bit of news. Samantha Morton, who is is being nominated at the Critics' Choice Super Awards for her portrayal of Alpha. There you go. She should have been nominated for an Emmy, but wasn't. In what was already an exciting day of news for Walking Dead fans, The Walking Dead picked up two nominations for the inaugural Critics' Choice Super Awards, which will take place on January 10th 2021 on the CW. Different from the regular Critics' Choice Awards, the Critics' Choice Super Awards is a special event honoring the most popular fan obsessed genres across both television and movies, per their website. The show was nominated for Best Horror Series, there you go, and will go up against Evil. That's another great show. The Haunting of Bly Manor, which was amazing on Netflix. Lovecraft Country, The Outsider, and Supernatural for the the honor. Supernatural, man. A show that has been on for over 15 years and is coming to an end. Uh, I know we probably have quite a few Supernatural fans out there. Um, On the actor front, Alpha herself... Samantha Morton will be facing off against Tom Ellis, who plays Lucifer. That's another fun show. Abby Lee, Lovecraft Country, Sarah Paulson, Ratcheted, Uh, Anthony Starr, The Boys, and Finn Whitrock, Ratcheted, for the Best Villain in a Series Award. Now, that's a tough competition. That's a tough competition right there. Okay, you've got some pretty good villains in that list. It'll be interesting to see who actually wins it. Uh, CC Weezy writes, The Emmys treat The Walking Dead cast like Rodney Dangerfield. They get no respect. Uh, Christina on Facebook writes, I agree, this is the best horror movie. Uh, Singer Chick on YouTube writes, Was kind of hard to buy into that Michonne would go off to help people. She met on her trip. When she knew her children with the group were ready to go to war with the Whisperers. Yeah, yeah, I see that. That is kind of a far-fetched thing to believe that she would leave Judith and RJ in the middle of a conflict with the Whisperers. But that's how they ended up writing it. Uh, uh, Talon is with us on Instagram. Choyster is also with us saying Daryl is the best. Adriana is also with us on Instagram and is waving. Welcome. So, I really hope I'm glad that this new, you know, Critics Choice Super Awards is recognizing The Walking Dead and all the stuff that they have accomplished up, you know, nominating for nominating it for best horror show and of course giving Samantha Morton the nomination for Best villain because she was a fantastic villain. You could easily put up beta as well uh, up on that list as well. And this is the inaugural season, which means this is the first year these awards are gonna be run. So, very first one. Let's see if it succeeds and if it goes on to uh become a regular award show every year. So Anyway, Singer Chick writes, I think it was given that Daryl and the others would just know she thought she found some news about Rick. They know there's nothing else would take her away from her kids. I don't know about that. I mean, Rick, they let him go. They let him go. That's why Michonne was so surprised on that island to find the drawing of Michonne... Uh, And what we presume is Carl uh, could be Judith, but I think it's it could be either one of them. It really can be. If it's Judith, then he knows what Judith looks like, which means Rick, at some point, went back to check up on them. So it's more than likely Carl, but it could be Judith. You never know. She found his boots. So lots of evidence that he was there after his disappearance. Uh, but to say that that would be the only reason that Daryl should naturally, he just came up with that explanation, I don't know about that. that that's kind of iffy to me right there. Uh, Duh, it's not her, is with us on Instagram saying, Yep, I am in love with Negan. Susseth is also with us and waving on Instagram. Welcome. Uh, Noah writes, I like Negan more than Alpha. Yes, Negan now, of course we all love Negan now. Did we all love Negan back in season seven and eight? I'm sure you'll get a lot of different answers on that one. But yeah, how can you not like the Negan we have now? Everyone loves a good redemption story, right? And what a better redemption story than Negan. A person that we would have all bet money on. Not knowing, of course, what happens in the comic books. If, let's say, the comic books never happen and we got to meet a character like Negan, like we did in season 7 and 8 of The Walking Dead, how many out there really thought that uh, this guy was redeemable? Because he showed no signs of it. No signs. He took pleasure in killing people. He took pleasure in murdering. And there was no evidence... That, you know, he had any side of him that was still human. Except for one. Carl. Carl was a weak spot for Negan. During season seven and eight, it was Carl where you would see any kind of an, a real emotional response from the character of Negan. Uh, everyone else, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Uh, let's see Mahmoud writes do you think Michonne is returning to Alexandria soon soon no eventually maybe Uh, I think we're going to see Michonne again in the movies Uh, Khaleesi writes uh, his was a great redemption story yep and he still has a lot more selling to do on that redemption story because it's not like he uh, like Dwight okay Dwight made a mistake, he killed Denise, did a lot of crap. But Negan did some horrible stuff, man. So, for some people, forgiveness is never going to happen for Negan. Uh, Forgetting is absolutely, you can cross that off the list for anybody. Nobody's going to forget what Negan did. Whether they decide to put that behind them and move on with him... We just gotta wait and find out. We know how it works out in the comic books. Let's see how it works out on the TV show. But we know Negan's here to stay. He's not going anywhere. Uh, Singercheck writes. Even with Carl, though, to treat him the way he did when he made him take take off his eye patch. Yeah, that was me. But that was when he was really getting to know Carl. Uh, if Carl did not stow away in the back of that uh, van and the truck and go to the sanctuary to go and kill Negan, that gave Negan the opportunity to talk to Carl, get to know what he was about, and the bond, if you want to even call it a bond, between Carl and Negan, started when that happened. So yeah, when he asked him to take off that patch over his eye, uh, Negan was still flexing. And he returned him back to Alexandria, unharmed. Uh, I think that's when Negan started to realize, and I absolutely, absolutely believe when Negan said that he had plans for Carl. He wanted Carl to be the one to take over for Negan when the time came. So, of course, that did not work out. Uh, Christina on Facebook writes, It's not all about the walkers. Also romance, action, love, drama. I love to watch it. Sometimes I cried. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right, Christina. We've talked about this in the past as well. The zombies are just a backdrop in The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead is a drama. You want to call it a horror drama? Uh, Go ahead. It is a horror drama. Because there is a lot of blood, guts, and gore in it. But it's all about the people. The zombies are just a backdrop to showing us how people react when civilization falls apart. All right? Uh, Khaleesi writes, he did also cook for him too. That's right. He made him pasta. So let's start with today's topic, okay? Today's topic, we are going to talk about the backstories that we want told on The Walking Dead. So, for characters, from characters to communities, we're going to talk about their stories and how, to, how they got to where they are now. So let's go ahead and start with Merle, Daryl's brother. Merle was part of the original group of survivors in Atlanta, led by Shane Walsh. We don't know how Shane led him into the group in the first place, considering they definitely did not see eye to eye. Although Merle was an, inf- an effective survivor and did give the group an edge, he was very dangerous and he always liked to create problems. Merle was also planning on robbing the camp, but we know it didn't happen because he got himself all jammed up with Rick on that rooftop in Atlanta. He ended up getting handcuffed, left behind, and then we all know what happens later. Uh, Now, but what could have happened if this robbery was put into action or how Daryl reacted when it was discussed? Did he agree with Merle or was there any hesitation? From what we know from Daryl in the early seasons, Merle was the leader of the brothers. He was the older brother. Daryl was, you know, following along Whatever Merle wanted to do, Daryl would follow along. There is also the father uh, of the two brothers, a neglectful, a neglectful, sorry, I can't even speak today, a parent who was an abusive alcoholic. This abuse and eventual neglect caused Daryl to learn how to fend for himself. This is where he developed a very strong survivalist mindset. So, whatever happened to their father when the apocalypse broke out? Did the sons try to save him despite how they were being treated? Or did he turn? Or maybe they put him down? Or was he long dead when the apocalypse broke out? We have no idea. We don't know what happened to the Dixon brothers' dad. Was he already dead years before the apocalypse broke out? Did he die during the apocalypse? Not a clue. So there's a backstory that would be kind of interesting to find out. And then, let's move on to Glenn. We first meet him when he saved Rick, of course, at the end of season uh, episode one of season one, uh, from the tank. The Jester already showed us how good of a character he is and how he does his best to try to help everyone. Considering how young he was back in the beginning, one must wonder how he ended up with the group. He mentioned his family had migrated from Korea to Michigan, but not much else is known about his early life or what happened to his parents or the rest of his family before Glenn met Shane and his group. How did he end up from Michigan to Atlanta? We know that he used to be a pizza delivery boy in Atlanta, which makes us think about how he got all his experience and agility from, but how did he join the original group? Now, there is talk, and I really believe there's a great chance of this happening, uh, probably in Tales of the Walking Dead, which is the anthology, the uh, show spinoff that we're going to get after the original Walking Dead ends. And from what we've heard so far, it's not really going to be a backstory in regards to Glenn, because there's not really much to tell. He was very young when we met him. He was a pizza delivery boy. Not much interesting stuff was going on with Glenn. But what they're planning to do with Glenn is tell us the story for at least one episode of what he did while the apocalypse was breaking out, how did he survive the initial, uh, you know, world falling apart and so on? So, if we're gonna get, if we're gonna get to see the character of Glenn Rhee again, it's going to be in that aspect. Okay, we're gonna get to see what Glenn was doing when the world started to fall apart, which would be fascinating. Now, in the episode Vatos, Glenn organizes a plan to recover some of the guns like a very skilled tactician. In total surprise, Daryl asks him about his profession before the apocalypse. And Glenn said very matter-of-factly, deliver pizza. Why? Now, let's uh, move along and talk about the Green family farm. Thanks uh, to its uh, secluded location and its vast lands, the Green family survived the long time from when the apocalypse started to where we ultimately saw the farm fall at the end of Season 2. All of the Walking Dead fans are familiar with this farm, but we don't know anything about it before Rick and the group's arrival. We don't know how the idea of keeping the walkers in the barn was brought up, was it agreed to by everyone on the farm? Was there any kind of dissension? Or did the whole family agree with Herschel, who is the head of the family, that these people are not dead, they are sick? We don't know. That'll be very interesting to find out. And we also don't know if they ran into any sort of trouble with other hostile survivors before, and if so, how did they handle it? What we do know, though, is that we're not completely oblivious to how people became walkers at the time. If you guys remember when Carl was shot and Rick was running him over to the farm and we get to see Herschel for the first time, one of the first questions, if not the very first question out of Herschel's mouth to Rick is, was he bit? So they knew. They knew they were not totally oblivious. Anyway, let's move on to Laurie Grimes. Now, we all remember the scene where Shane told Laurie what happened to Rick, how he got shot in the shoulder during the pursuit. This is the back, uh, this is the flashback that we have in one of the episodes. Now, what we don't know is how Shane confirmed Rick's death. After the visit to the hospital, how did Lori react? How did Lori react when Shane tells her that Rick is dead? Remember, Shane is with Rick in the hospital. When the hospital gets overrun, the military comes in and starts killing everybody. Doesn't matter. You're alive or dead. They just start eliminating everybody. Shane could not get Rick out of there safely so he ran the best he can do he still tried to protect Rick he put a gurney up against the door and that actually was enough to save Rick's life but how did Lori react to the news when Shane did go back to Lori and you assume as soon as he left that hospital he went straight over to Laurie's house to pick up Lori and Carl we also don't know how he and Lori started their relationship right after her uh, husband's apparent death. Um, There's the possibility, was there something going on between those two before? Uh, it's never been approached. All we can say as viewers is that she quickly got used to Rick not being around and that she considered Shane. To be Carl's new parent figure. And the reason why I say that is because before, in the early, early episodes, before Rick is reunited with Lori and Carl, and Shane is teaching uh, Carl all these little different methods about being in the woods, Lori seems to be looking on approvingly. So uh, let's see. Khaleesi writes, I so hope for one of Glenn. C.C. Weezy writes, Wasn't Dog and Glenn uh, around in T-Dog's... Wait. Wasn't T-Dog and Glenn going around in T-Dog's church van checking on the elderly? I don't remember that. I don't remember that, no. Uh, Lindsay Sparks on Facebook writes, That would be a great backstory about the Green family. So, let's... uh, Let's jump to season four, okay? Abraham Ford and Rosita. I mean, talk about not knowing much about Rosita. We get introduced to Abraham right when he lost his family and he met Eugene, who lied to him and made him think that he had a mission for him. That's not when we were introduced to Abraham, but that's where, you know, we first uh, find out how Abraham and Eugene hooked up. Uh, it was right after Abraham lost his family in that supermarket. And this is all in a flashback. Uh, we were introduced to Abraham Ford, the character, when they roll up on Tara and Glenn after they left the prison when the governor took it down. Somehow along the way, the, uh, they met Rosita, talking about Abraham and Eugene, who was part of another group. He asked for her assistance in the mission And she said, yes, they grew very intimate during this trip. But what we don't know is how this blossomed or what even happened to Rosita's group. Beyond that, we really know nothing about Rosita. I mean, nothing. You want to pick a character where we don't have the faintest idea of what was happening to her before the apocalypse, during the apocalypse. And in the years following uh, the apocalypse, before we get to meet her, Rosita is the perfect example. Never, we never even got a story, nothing, except a few clues here and there. So, next that brings us to Gregory, uh, played by Xander Berkeley, who was the leader of the Hilltop community. Although he was a coward and useless uh, handling walkers, Gregory somehow ended up the leader of the hilltop community. Uh, How was it decided that he came to live in a mansion formerly known as the Barrington House? Uh, So, again, beyond that, what we can assume in regards to Gregory Gregory has a way of uh, talking. He's a politician, the best is the best way to describe Gregory. He is useless in survival skills. He can't take out a walker. He wanted to kill Maggie, but it's just not in him. So, what did he do? He convinced Earl, after he was drunk, to go out and try to assassinate Maggie. And that's what ultimately got Gregory killed. He was executed by Maggie. Uh, Let's see. Luciana is with us on Facebook. Welcome. Khaleesi writes, I know Glenn mentioned it when they were burying T-Dog to Herschel. That's what T-Dog did. He was mad that uh, he was dead. And it didn't happen to Oscar or Axel. So now let's head on over to Negan, who we are getting a backstory to, finally. Uh, In his story about his wife Lucille and the Saviors. Negan, of course, is a very charismatic character. That's putting it mildly. And that falls in line with just how charismatic Jeffrey Dean Morgan is as well. He's cunning and a very powerful man. That we meet in the season finale of season six. He serves as the main antagonist for nearly two seasons. Before the apocalypse, he used to be a gym teacher. He was married to a woman named Lucille, who we all know now. We're gonna see, and it's gonna be played by his real-life wife Hillary, uh, at least. And it's from what it looks like, it's gonna be the sixth and final episode. Of the six extra episodes that we're getting in 2021 that's going to be the one that's going to focus on negan that's where we're going to get to meet lucille who again is being played by his real life wife hillary burton morgan uh, although they wanted to have children together they never had a chance to start a family negan gradually became unfaithful towards her around this time lucille eventually succumbed to cancer, leaving Negan with great remorse. And, you know, he is just guilt-ridden because uh, he names his weapon, his, you know, weapon of choice, after his uh, late wife, as some sort of sick way of keeping her memory alive as, a, as an item of death. I... I'd love to find out how he decided to name that baseball bat Lucille. How he is going to remember his wife by picking an instrument of death and naming it after his wife as his way of honoring his dead wife. I'd love to see how they try to explain that one. If you guys have an idea on it, please fill me in, but... Man, I would not want to be the writers for that one. So how did he join or form the group called the Saviors? From what we do know, and a little bit of clues left here and there, there were people living in the sanctuary. They were disorganized. They were barely holding on on the brink of falling apart. Here comes Negan strolling in, of course charismatic, knowing how to talk his way and convincing people to do his bidding. He organized a sanctuary, organized an army, built up a whole system of workers and lieutenants. And from there, the way they got supplies is by terrorizing other communities. He, uh, you know, other communities, he came up with the idea that he would provide safety for communities that they would come across in return for half of their stuff, everything. If they had cows, he would get half of whatever the cows gave up. If they were great at crops, he would get half of that. Uh, Now, we should also mention that the, the, the lieutenants that Negan had. His lieutenants were the closest people to him and the only ones he confided in up to a certain point. Uh, The lieutenants composed of Dwight, Arat, Laura, Wade, Gavin, DJ, and of course, his right-hand man, Psychopath Simon. Each of them with their own backstory of how they ended up in the Savior community and how they became Uh, the lieutenants of of Negan's uh, would make an interesting concept. We also need to mention the garbage people, okay, led by Jadis. Man, you guys want to talk about an interesting group? Not only did they decide to live in a junkyard, that's fine. Hey, it's the apocalypse. If a junkyard provides you refuge, I'm all for that. Uh, And God knows you have... Everyone's garbage to try to, you know, go through, but the way they talk, who came up with that, you know? (laughs) The way they talk to each other, that, I would love to get an explanation behind that one. Anyway, the garbage people are led by Jadis, uh, commonly referred to as the Scavengers, Or we know on how they like to call themselves, the actors who played them, the heapsters. Nothing is known about the lives of this group before the apocalypse and how they formed in the first place. We also don't know how they accepted to live in such a way. Now, last on the list is King Ezekiel and his kingdom. We do know a lot about Ezekiel's backstory where he came from, how he had Shiva, the tiger. King Ezekiel is the leader of the kingdom. He is the one that helps our saviors in the war. Sorry, he is the one that helps our survivors against the saviors. Alongside Ezekiel is his tiger, Shiva. He forms the perfect image of a king. He was a theater actor. So that's why he had the dialogue of a medieval king down pat or renaissance king, whichever time period you want to use. That's how he had the, uh, the performance down pat. Never broke character. Never. Uh, in front of any of his people. Hell, he may have even played that character of being the king when he was all by himself for all we know. Uh, Ezekiel was a zookeeper prior to the apocalypse where he saved Shiva who fell into a concrete moat. Grateful for his aid, Shiva never displayed any hostility towards Ezekiel and the two formed a very strong bond. At a young age, Ezekiel performed in community theaters where he played lots of kings and of course, like we just mentioned, That's where he learned all of his majestic talk. But how did he manage to build a kingdom? Then uh, we have Beta. No one really knows what he did or who he was uh, prior to the apocalypse besides being this famous country singer. What landed him in that uh, hospital? Did he have a nervous breakdown? You know, the hospital where he met Alpha. Uh, where he did not want anyone to see his face. He obviously suffered through some kind of traumatic event that either led to him having some kind of a breakdown or whatnot. So also Connie and Kelly, how did they meet Yumiko, Magna, and Luke? We know they were all living together in a community. How We don't know much about that community. We know it fell uh, beyond that. Nothing. We really don't know much of anything else. Uh, They're all different types of people. How were they brought together? How did they end up in this community? Where was this community located? And so on. So as you can see for this spin-off that's coming that's called Tales of the Walking Dead, where each episode is going to be a story in of itself. They have so much material they can go back and give us information on and like they've officially said they can go and introduce us to new characters completely not even mention any of the existing characters in the walking dead they can show us different parts of the world right now we only know what's going on in the united states they can show us survival in europe in asia australia wherever i'm sure yeah humanity is humanity and just as there are bad people in the united states and the walking dead world that we know there is just as many bad people all over the world but there are also just as many good people who are trying to do good around the world so of all the spin-offs that are coming the rick grimes not included of course I'm definitely jazzed and psyched to see those, but Tales of the Walking Dead is the one that I'm really, really looking forward to because the writers can take it in so many different directions. It's limitless, absolutely limitless. Uh, I am looking forward to the Daryl and Carol spinoff as well, but I don't know. We'll see how that goes. I'm I'm more looking forward to the tales of The Walking Dead. Because like I said, they can go in so many different places and they are bound by nothing. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining me. We are out of time for tonight. Uh, Please visit us on the web. Our website is deadtalklive.com. See our past episodes, featured episodes. See all of our upcoming and prior guests please visit us on YouTube. Our channel's name is called Dead Talk Live. If you have yet to do so, please go ahead and subscribe. If you're there right now, it'd be greatly appreciated if you hit the thumbs up broadcast. The thumbs up on this broadcast if you enjoyed it. I'll be back on the air again to uh, tomorrow night. And then Sunday we're off so you guys can watch The Walking Dead shows. Don't forget this Sunday, is the finale, the mid-season finale of Fear the Walking Dead, episode 7. So, it's going to be a good one, and I saw World Beyond already, you don't want to miss it. Anyway, till tomorrow night guys, stay safe, stay walking.